Welcome to the ImperativeMX.com post-race evaluation podcast. Speaking on the weekend's racing action with hosts Zach Newberry and co-host Heavy D. Welcome to a brand new feature here on the ImperativeMX.com podcast with myself and co-host Heavy D to speak about Denver and Salt Lake City Supercross for round number 16 and 17, and we have a ton to get into. Before we get started here on this ImperativeMX.com post-race evaluation from Denver and Salt Lake, we have to say thank you to all of the sponsors on board, West Virginia Motorsports, FXR, Dirt Industries Custom Graphics, Hydropower, Total Control Racing Suspensions, PR Motorsports, Silver Valley MX Park, and Mika Metals. We'd like to get a main sponsor for this new ImperativeMX.com post-race evaluation podcast moving forward. And if this is something for your company you guys would be interested in moving forward, please reach out to us by emailing ImperativeMX at gmail.com. Now let's get into some Supercross racing talk. First, joining me today to evaluate the end of this wild 2023 Monster Energy AMA Supercross Championship, the 2011 District 29 C-Class Champion, Heavy D. What's going on, Heavy? Oh, what's up, huh? What's going on, buddy? Oh, bro, you know, glad to be back to it. Yeah. Chilling, ready to talk dirt bikes. Yeah, let's get into it, man. My, my week, weeks have been... Uh, a little on the crazy side uh, as far as traveling and doing a full-time job and also uh, training kids on the side, man. It's been a it's been a hell of a journey, to say the least, for the past uh, month or so. And, uh, man, I'm just glad to get back and get uh, re-energized and, uh, man, start talking some dirt bikes with my, uh, with my co-host, Heavy D, man. Yeah, dude, you know, I know it's, it's been wild, man. You've been... Heading to all the races, training kids, working like, dude, you've been like, I know the word is usually double whammy, but you've been triple whammy in this thing, man. Hey, man, I'm just trying to trying to make the dream a a real thing, you know. But yeah, hey, enough about me. Let's talk about why we're here. Dirt bike racing, man. This is uh, this is an unbelievable way that this 2023 Supercross season has come down to. And Chase Sexton is your 2023 Monster Energy AMA Supercross champion, and it is unbelievable to say. Dude, I'm not going to lie to you. <laughs> I mean, I honestly did not think. I mean, it's crazy how it played out, but I did not think we would be saying that. Like, not because, like, the speed wasn't there. He wasn't riding good, like, it's just how everything, like, you know, usually you get this late in the season, and I don't think anything like this has ever happened that late in the season. But, you know, you usually got stuff that's pretty settled out, and it's usually down to the wire between a couple. And, you know, he was sitting back there in third. He was lurking the whole time. But, I, honestly, it's like it's something you, I didn't see it coming. I'm stoked for him by all means. Yeah. But it's like, it's so wild, dude. Yeah, no, it's 
definitely wild. No asterisk needs to be put next to this title by Chase Sexton. He earned it. He made it all the way to the end. He was the fastest guy. He made those 35 points up from the front end tucks on the you know the beginning part of the year up in one night, pretty much. Um, but hey, you know, man, he's su- he's such a good rider, and now this just gives him more confidence. He said in an interview that he's that he worked on the bike after Arlington. And so he started to, uh, you know, get his groove. And then Atlanta came and he won by, you know, by dominating, you know. And he said that that really gave him a boost of confidence. So um, he was starting to go on a run there. If Barsha didn't uh, run into him there in New Jersey, then he would have he would have probably checked out and probably would have, you know, gained even more points to get the get the championship even closer. But yeah, at the end of the day, Heavy D Chase Sexton is is your winner and we're all bummed and just kind of just WTF of what happened with Tomac, you know, like unbelievable, unbelievable. Yeah, dude, it's, I mean, <laughs> it is unbelievable. I mean, I'm like, God, this is going, this is, I'm going to sound like a dick saying this. But oh boy. <laughs> when the race was on Utah and he was out front, Dude, it was like 13 minutes left. I got so mad, I just turned the TV off and went to bed. Oh, oh, uh, you mean in um, Denver, whenever it happened, right? Like, you just cut the TV off and said, yeah, I don't even need to watch any more of it. No, no, not that. I'm, I'm talking about actual Utah. Oh, 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 just Utah. Oh, okay, I got you, I got you. You didn't, just, even, I mean, you didn't it, even watch it? No, like, I watched up to, like, it got down to 13 minutes. I was like, I don't even care anymore. Like, I'm so... I got you. I was, like, and it wasn't Chase. I mean, dude, I'm stoked he won. Like, it's crazy how it all played out. Don't get me wrong. Like, it it definitely, like, you know, he had some mishap earlier in the year. But it's like, man, it was like, I feel like this year, like, dude, it was such a storyline season. Yeah. Like, this by far, it was, to me, it was shaped up to be the best Supercross season in history. Yeah. And I, I know it's things you can't control. I mean, that's it's racing. It's, I get it. It's racing. But it was like, you know, Coop went down. It was like, dang, there goes that battle. I was like, all right, okay. You know, this is probably Tomac's last year. He's going to, you know, he's going to rock it out. And he was actually, like, you know, he was pushing. He was wanting to show, like, all right, I'm still, all right, this I'm still the man regardless, you know. Yep. Maybe my last year, maybe not, but I- I'm the man. And then that happened, and I was like, dude, you got to be kidding me. It's just a it, – so, it's wild how it all just – it was just a domino effect ever since Nash – or ever Nashville. since uh, really Nashville. Well, yeah, pretty much Nashville. Like, unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah, dude, it was, it was, bro, and and that, that that was the thing. It's like, it it was like for me, it was like you know, you know, Sexton was right there. It was, it was like Tomac Sexton Coop. He was right there in the battles, like, and he stayed right there at the end. You know, he was he was in striking distance. That's why I say he 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 stuck with it. You know what I mean? Like that's why I say it's crazy. You know, when we talked about it. I was like, man. I feel like he he could win he could win a lot more because 
the pressure's off of him. It's like, all right, he's he kind of knows, like, all right, it's between them two. Because, like, I don't think we've ever, like I said, we've never seen anything like that. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So it, it was no pressure on him, so he just started lighting them off. And then that happened, so I was like, oh, snap. He just got the championship. Like, Roxon's out of sight, so it's his to take. Yep. But it was just, for me, early in the season, it was like earlier, he he had it. Like, well, he didn't have it, so it was like he could have been right there with him the whole time battling. And it, it kind of, like, steered away from him. And then it just went to Tomac and Cooper. And that's what everybody was watching. It was like, all right, this is, like, shaping up to be good. Like, Sexton was doing his deal. He'd get out front if he was there, get going, win, and then they'd be back to the battle or vice versa. Yeah. And then once it started going down, it was like, man, it's just – to me, it just took the storyline out of it after that. Like, I mean, it's still a good storyline, but I would I wanted to see how it was actually going to play out. Yeah, I mean, to, to be honest, in my perspective, I think – Tomac had it wrapped up because he was going to let, you know, they were going to have their little heat race battle again in the main. But, you know, I think Tomac knows that, you know, let Chase go, be conservative about the race, you know, and go from there, right? But the the way that Tomac went out, like just uh, an injury that normally doesn't happen to Tomac. Sure, a mistake or a weirdo ride, but an Achilles that is, you know, not normally a thing. It's just, it, it was just wild to see, especially from the press box. You know, I was in, I was in Denver in the press box, and all of us are just WTF. Like, from Steve to to Lewis Phillips to the Alpine Star guy that was right next to me. Like, we had just had a conversation earlier in the day because you know Lewis Phillips has been putting on his. Uh, Sexton ship hat ever since the start of the season so he is all about Sexton and I will give it to him he was like I don't know something crazy is going to happen I feel like and sure enough it did happen but but they were having the conversation of like well they don't have anything ready for Chase to win a title you know so if it happens they're probably not going to be too stoked on it because they're going to have to rush through it you know to get it to get it for Utah or whatever right like they already had Tomac's um, you know, plate and everything ready, right? Like they didn't even think about Sexton and hadn't even got it done yet. So, um, it was just an unbelievable turn of events that happened within the first four minutes of the main event. Yeah, dude. It's, I mean, it's crazy. It's like, especially with like that two rounds to go and you're in the second to last round or first to last round. Yeah. So, for I mean, like I said, it just, to me, it just killed the storyline, man. It just, and I know it's racing. It's, it'll still be a great storyline years down the road, even next year. Yeah. But it was, it's just like, man. It's like, just a bummer. It's just a bummer. Yeah, Especially that outdoors, it's like, man, because honestly, I feel like outdoors would have been a dog fight again. Like, because, you know, Supercross, it was like, Cooper, he was like, he wanted to beat Tomac. Like, yep. he wanted to say, I beat this dude straight up. Mm-hmm. Like, I got him. And then 
even so for outdoors, like I think Sexton for him it'll be like, I wanna beat this dude straight up in outdoors. I wanna get the title over him and go at it round for round like we did last year. Yeah. Even on this year out. And for Tomax, I feel like it was his last year. He wanted to show like I'm the damn man. Like yeah. I'm yeah. telling you, like y'all he, Believe it or not, I'm the man. Like, when I go out, it's not going out on top. I'm going out proving I could win at any point at any time. Yep. And I uh, I hope that that – I hope I didn't watch Tomac's last race in person. I hope I didn't. I hope oh. I hope he comes back for a vengeance. Maybe this lights his fire up for another three or four years. Let him keep going. Let You know, like I wrote in the very beginning of the season – you remember Heavy D that potentially he yep. could get the second. My man did, um, did do that. So, I don't know. I mean, he could take this off time and he could need it. You know, like he's been going strong since really seventeen. I mean, you know, even before that. But really, I mean, he had that dramatic Supercross season with Dunge in seventeen, right? And then he went to win the outdoor title that year. Then came back and in, uh, in 19, and Webb ended up winning the Supercross Championship, which we thought he should have. Um, you know, he had a lot more wins than Webb and that sort of thing. And then moving into 2020, he finally got that Supercross title. And as soon as he got that Supercross title, asterisk or not, bro, it was a different Eli after that because he was like, I can't do this. And you know in this sport, when somebody says, whether it be Sexton, Webb, uh, Roxton, or, um, you know, Tomac, when they say when they get the, that confidence, it's a whole nother ball game. Oh, uh, I, I agree. Like, so let me ask you a question. All right. Since you were in Denver and you've seen that happen, personally, do you think Tomac will call it quits? He's like, ah, you know what? I'm good. I'm like 50-50, man. I'm like, I could see him. I, like, I, I can't pick a side. I know I'm waffling, but I, I can't really pick a side because I can see advantages and disadvantages on both sides because what if he comes back and he's not the same, right? But then what if he comes back and he's just as good as he was? So why stop? If you're on top, why stop, right? Like, I don't know. I, I hope that the guys get to the point to where they're okay losing, but they're still racing like a reed. Like, dude, go as long as you can. If you're still getting money and you're still being able to race and travel and do all of this stuff, like, unless you're not, unless you're seriously injured and you really can't and the doctors say, like, well, actually, it really doesn't matter in moto. If a doctor says don't do it, they're they're going to go do it anyways. So <laughs> yeah. you can throw that one out the window. I mean, I'm a clear, yeah, I'm a clear product of that one. So, um, yeah, I just, I just hope it's not, I, I really hope it's not, but I could see it being his last because I mean, he did kind of go out on top. I mean, if you really think about it, I mean, he did have the title. He would have had the title if he got second behind Sexton or even got third behind Roxon in Utah, he still would have got the title. So, um, I can see it both ways. What do you, What do you think? Is he Is he done, or or is he gonna come back with a vengeance? Okay, so I'm kind of like you on fifty fifty. Like, I'm not gonna lie. Like after I seen that, I was dead set. Like, 
he's over it. I was like, you know, I ain't gonna say over it, but I was I was dead set like he's probably done. Not because of the injury. I don't even think that'll bother him. I don't think it's the speed factor. I honestly feel like, you know, like he, he's thirty now. You know what I mean? Yeah. He's he's been grinding it out forever. Dude, he's he's proved everything he's had to prove. And I feel like, you know, you know, some guys look at it like, all right. It's it's some guys look at it like, you know, man, like, is it but he has kids now, you know, they're growing up. And, you know, to come back from that, it's gonna be like it'll be a grind. Not to say he hasn't grinded before because he's a grinder, but man, like to do that year round, it is a grind. So that's why I was dead set, I think he'd be done and just say, Oh, it is what it is. But then again, it like in my mind I'm just like man, maybe he's not. Like maybe yeah. he feels like he could he he still wants to go out there and do it because you think you got fifty fifty critics. You got the ones that'll say it's always gonna be held over Sex's head that he won that because Tomac got hurt. And then you're gonna have the critics that'll be like, Well, this was he was on the verge of being done, so it was probably good he just went ahead and got out. Yeah. But then I think also I'm not trying to say what he thinks. I don't know, but I feel like in a thought process, Tomac would be like, "I can't, I can't leave it like this because it'll always be like I was done because it was Sexton was coming up." So deep down, he may feel like, "All right, I need to come back and win and get another championship to show like, all right, I wasn't done. I still had several years left." Yep. Yeah. So it's. <clears throat> I'm right there with you. I mean, from the points that you said, I mean, I'm I'm right there with you, and I think the same. Just thinking about it now, like, just the way that he went off, right, and Achilles, right? Like, you see other people tearing Achilles, like, they're down, bro. They're down like they just got shot, you know? Like, dude, Tomac took it like a champ, you know? Like, able to go off the track, tell the medics like, yeah, no, I'm done. Like, I am done. I'm going straight to the straight to the thing so I can get this in an x-ray or MRI or whatever and try and figure this out. Like, And, you know, we got that I think something underrated that we don't see very often is literally they knew the results of what was wrong with Tomac and they went, like, give it up to Jeremy Coker for being able to give Daniel that report so that we knew right away. Like, we knew that night that Tomac's season was done. Oh, yeah. And normally in previous years, dude, they would have never told they, – they would have they not said anything until they were not lining up on Saturday, until they were not physically there on Saturday. They wouldn't tell you, you know? Yeah, they'd have held out. Exactly. So, props to Star Racing, Monster Energy, Yamaha Star Racing team for doing that. Um, that was very appreciative. I do like that. Um, and so now that we've kind of talked about the championship battle, let's uh, let's get into a little bit more of just the Denver trip, uh, kind of like Nashville, uh, the other post-race evaluation podcast that we did. Let's get into Denver a little bit. Um, the LCQ Challenge race, I mean, dude, that was cool. I mean, Steve, Steve Mathis and Pulpamex and Yamaha and so many other prop sponsors – guts and 
FXR and, um, you know, personal people for, like, the best air wheelie and things like that. Like, dude, they raised over, over 160 grand for these privateers. And let me tell you, Josh Cartwright, when he won, he was stoked. Like, he won the 450 Supercross Championship. And cha-ching, he got 30K in his pocket that night. Uh, not that night, but you get what I'm saying. Like, you know, he was $30,000 richer uh, that day. So um, that was cool. Oh, and yeah, being... like... Go ahead. Oh, no, my, my bad. I didn't mean to cut you off. I wasn't trying to. No, you good. Go ahead. I was saying, um, no, nah, that is like, that's a lot of money. Like, dude, they probably spent a lot of money through the year to go race the Supercross, you know. And for Steve Jim to raise that much money and, like, those guys get a piece of it, I think that's sick. Oh, they get all of it. Like none of it goes to Steve. Steve paid Verb out of his own, out of his. Uh, I don't know if it was out of his own pocket or out of the actual fund that you know that they got together. But he said it wasn't much. Like um, Wes Williams went on to the Pulp MX show last Monday and talked with Steve about it. And yeah, I mean Steve just paid for their hotels and their flights, and they covered the rest as far as tech. Uh, you know technology and you know cameras and videos and that sort of thing they brought their own thing they live streamed it so they did it on their own dime pretty much other than steve just getting them there so um yeah that's that's a lot of money given to some to uh some privateers and i mean luke niece got in as a wild card devin simonson got in as a wild card and at the end of the race steve sure enough cut his hair and looked absolutely awful and he had to leave it until Salt Lake City at the end of the main event uh, to be able to receive his check uh, for the uh, LCQ challenge. So that was pretty cool to see because that was a big thing around the pits of Simonson's big-ass hair getting cut. So uh, you, you know I had to be over there for that and uh, get everybody's opinion. And it was cool to do the post-race interviews with nearly a lot of riders i'm gonna say 10 i even interviewed steve that was very cool because to me i look up to steve as far as a journalist you guys can think what you want about him but as far as a journalist and the way that he does podcasting and things like that right like there's a, a lot of people in the industry team owners that sort of thing that get all of their information from steve like he is the um i don't know what you would call it in espn terms that adam schaefer maybe is that is that the guy's name that literally yeah, leaks everything paper. yeah he like literally will yeah. leak everything and most of the time i'd say 85 to 90 percent of the time it's correct you know and just the way that he does does his journalism and his way of podcasting like it's you know i like that style and that's you know one of the i even told him and um during press walk on uh, in i think it was i think it was denver i think Denver or Na oh I think it was Nashville um went up to him introduced myself told him that you know you're the reason that uh I started doing what uh what I did and I looked up to him and he was like man that's a bad idea <laughs> like dude I don't care like it doesn't it doesn't matter and you know just having that uh that mindset to you know put your mind to it and do it and that's what you know he wanted to do when he started everybody didn't like it you know that he was talking crap on you know riders or uh the way that Supercross is formatted, AMA, Feld, whatever, tracks, you know, everything, right? But, you know, you look at it and there's things that have changed because of him, you know, and because of the fan base and 
um, fans like myself, you know, and I'm not trying to blow Steve here, but I'm just, you know, no. just because, you know, that's that's cool. And if you want to listen to the interview, go back and listen to the interview from whatever. And, I mean, he he doesn't know me, right? And everybody says that he's such a bad guy, but he has no idea who I am, and I'm part of a different media. And he had no problem spending that two minutes with me. He was the longest interview that I had um, on there, and he had no problem doing it. So, um, honestly, that was cool. People, I've met people think he's not a bad guy. I mean, he can be a dick. I mean, anybody can be a dick. But honestly, I think the reason people feel like that is because he speaks, he voices his opinion. Yep. I mean, yep. That's what I mean. When you, if you have a problem or you got a different opinion, that's why I call it an opinion. You you voice your opinion. Yep. Like I say, like, yep. and and the one part we were talking about, him, I'm like, yeah, like he may, like I don't know him from Adam. I mean, I'm not gonna judge him off that. I mean, I listen to his pod a lot, yeah. And like I said before, he may say stupid shit. We all say stupid shit, but yeah. at the end of the day, it's his opinion. Yeah, and everybody and, has a everybody has a different opinion on just about everything, you know. Yep. Like, like so, my mom says, she says opinions are like assholes. Everybody has one. That's right. That's right. And um, that was cool. And then after that, uh, I went to the Pulpamex live uh show, and went to the Ori uh Oriental Theater, there in uh Colorado. And that was very cool. First time I've ever, you know, went really to just a podcast live show, if you want to call it that. Um, and that was cool. JT, Weege, uh, Chris Kiefer, and Steve. And then they had guests of Josh Cartwright and um, Dean Wilson. So uh, that was very cool. Uh, like two hours long or so. So uh, like 200 people showed up or so. So. It was very cool. It was cool to just sit in the back and kind of listen and laugh and um, get their insight. And obviously, I'm in the press box, so I hear a lot of chit chatter that's going on through uh, through the day and nothing really too crazy, you know. Uh, whatever, other than uh, he worked with a guy from Yamaha that now works for Feld, I want to say, or something. But anyways, he went up there to the press box in Nashville and grabbed. Um, grabbed some coffee and Steve was uh, yelling at him saying that he wasn't media and that he needs to go and find his own coffee somewhere else but he was yelling like halfway across the press box and <laughs> I was I was down in the pit so I missed it but Nicole was uh, dude when I got back Nicole's face was so red because she was laughing so hard um, just you know just <laughs> bullshitting with people right because you gotta think like when we go to these local races right like we see the same faces all the time oh yeah it's the same way with him like like those guys are okay with it because they he does it off camera, you know. Like, mm -hmm. so um. But in all reality, just the whole LCQ challenge race from Nice to Norin to Simonson to uh, Kevin Morans, who wasn't even in it, but he was willing to you know do a do an interview. That was cool. And um, you know, from all of the guys that I grew uh, you know, some friendships with, like. Uh, Justin Starling and Yoder. Yoder actually, after I interviewed him for the Pulpamex uh, LCQ Challenge race, he came around the pits as I was interviewing people, and he saw me again and came up to me and was like, "Man, I'm normally not the type of uh, the, the type of person to really just go up and talk to people, but 
I recognize you now. I follow you on uh, on TikTok, and I've been wanting to because I've been seeing you at some of these races, and I've wanted to come up and say something, but I never did get the chance. So it was cool that you came that you came up and did the interview. So I thought that was that was pretty cool. Um, just being you know behind the scenes of a Supercross race, right? You can only imagine just being able to just walk through the pits and uh, go into these stadiums and seeing these different press boxes and these you know. Uh, different areas within arenas that m- most people don't get to see. Like, I definitely don't take that shit for granted because that is some of the coolest stuff. You know, I'm not into football or baseball or really any of these other sports, right? But I know it means a lot to other people, and that's why it's billion-dollar billion dollar stadiums, right? Like, so you got to kind of take it in. Like, the Broncos, they had, like, their whole statue of, like, the Broncos when they come out and – and stuff like that like they have big posters and you go up to the press box and they have you know all sorts of big concerts and um renovation projects and like all of this other stuff you get to see where tv command is you get to see where the ama command is you get to see where race day live is shot you get to see you know you get to see this stuff right like you get the you know you don't get to go in there and like look around everything but you get a small peek you know and so just stuff like that for me being a fan you know, it's just it, it, it's cool. Like, thank you, Sean Brennan, uh, the media uh, expert over there at Feld, and for all the media relations and everything like that. And also Joe, his right hand man, uh, really, really awesome guy. Anytime that I had problems with anything, I went right to Joe. And obviously, in in Colorado, I hadn't planned for that until literally that Tuesday. I want to say that I actually got the ticket to go and confirmed it with uh, Derek from DNC Photos. But, man, like, just cool for, you know, me to show up and not be on the list. But I, I did email them, but right, but they have a lot more bigger priorities than, than me coming in there and worrying about that, right? So I, But I had no problem of knowing that uh, I've been to a couple. I let Joe know I put a bug in his ear the the week before in Nashville that I'll probably be coming to Denver and I'll email him and all that. So just for them, you know, just to get a super simple phone call and be like, yeah, he's good, you know, just to be able to, you know, do my thing and um, be called now a journalist, Heavy D. So now this guy that uh, works in the asphalt uh, terminal is now called a journalist. Unbelievable. I can't believe I can't believe you people let me do this. Oh yeah, dude. I, it's it's cool. It's like when we talk and you're there doing it. I'm like, man, my guy is really out there doing his thing right now. And it's to me, it's sweet because when you get to do something you want to do, and you like you you get that opportunity, it's like you you want to take full advantage of it, you know. Yeah. And you know, especially for like Hunter to come back up to you and be like, he knows he uh, you familiar face, and he want to talk to you some more. Like that's good. That's like you know it's a sign like hey like these guys like you and they want to hear your opinion and talk to you more so i i dig it dude i think it's sweet yeah absolutely ready for the great outdoors uh definitely 100 percent. get to a couple of uh those and see if i can get heavy d in there behind the uh behind the camera so we'll be uh we'll be hey. working on that for the future there heavy d i'm ready dude i i'm excited i think it'd be sweet you know it's like I'm glad you're going. So it's like you get the feel, you get the no's and how's and the do's and don'ts. And it's like, for me, it's like, I can, like we go, I can follow you leading. No, like sort of like how we do on the pod. You know what I mean? Yep. 
it's like we're, we're in sync and we can make it happen, do our thing, and get it in and out. You know what I mean? Absolutely. And you already know the sport, and you've been behind the scenes before, so you know a little bit about kind of what goes on, right? Like only, a, you know, there's a little bit of here and there that you may not know or they've changed rules or whatever the case may be. But you at least have the knowledge of going to these places, and you know about where to – um what to do and what not to do. It's not like I'm throwing you to the wolves, you know. So you have background. So it's it's not going to be as big of a deal as if I were to get Joe Schmo down here in high school that can do some great football footage or whatever and send him straight into a Supercross. Like it'd be, it wouldn't happen, it, it, dude. He would, yeah, he'd probably freak out, <laughs> dude. Because I mean, I mean, just standing there for press day and just watching these dudes. I mean, it, it's nothing for them, you know, like the big quad they're going into the right-hander before Tomac had his mistake uh just standing there during press day and watching those guys hit the quad it's just unbelievable the amount of number one trust they have in the motorcycle number two trust in themselves and number three that just hold it wide open who cares like it, it doesn't matter and it's just it's unbelievable to see and um yeah definitely won't take any of the downfalls of the going to these supercross races with dealing with uh stadium security and you know people telling you you can go and you can't go when you clearly can go and you're supposed to go because that's where you go for your journalism that's you need to go down there to the riders obviously when they're on the track i know i can't be out there like i know but for media day i have to go out i have to be allowed out there and there was two or three people that would not allow me. So, once again, you know, thanks to the people that do uh, know. But, yes, it is a challenge going to different stadiums because, you know, these different stadium peoples, they see different credentials probably every single weekend for concerts or football or baseball or whatever the case may be, right, for um, event people or people that are good for all access. Some people can enter, some people can't. Different color wristbands, different color uh, credentials, hard cards, like that sort of thing, you know? So it can get very confusing. Um, and then obviously dealing with uh, flights, like early in the morning flights and um, very, very cramped seat flights and that sort of thing. But that is a small glimpse of, you know, just the the amount of non-fun that I had or actually that's a really big glimpse because I had a lot more fun outside of you know doing that right so but it was just really cool to be able to do that and go to Denver I've never been to Denver uh so I've been through Denver but never stayed there to actually get the get the vibe of uh the city which really we didn't even go downtown uh we were outside of downtown a little bit but uh, still, very cool. Uh, me and Nicole will probably be going there for a uh, vacation of some sort or a weekend getaway of uh, of some sort at some time because it is a very cool and very chill uh, area, at least from what I saw and, you know, everything that I did. So, um, man, it was pretty cool. Hey, a quick question. You Now, you did watch the Air Willie live, didn't you? Yeah, Preston Taylor should have won. Dude, I, okay, so I'm watching it. I didn't get to see the Air Willie part. I'm watching it right now. Dude, even little Harlow was laughing. She thinks it's funny. <laughs> In the background. <laughs> Dude, it's ridiculous. 
And then, dude, I was like, <laughs> oh man, dude, everybody, it, and I guarantee, like, that, like I hope next year they do it uh, on a Saturday, like after race day live or something, so they can continue uh, recording, you know, so they could be broadcasted. Mm-hmm. Because Steve wants to make it chaos, and I do too. And so they're thinking about doing inversion, inversions, and then single file starting and like stuff like that. Like, dude, make it chaotic in the middle of the race on lap number fucking five. Air wheelie, whoever does the best air wheelie on lap number five, because you know the crowd is gonna be like, "What the hell? Like, what are these guys doing?" You know, but oh, absolutely, a hundred percent. Uh, and then you had Preston Taylor and uh, Alex Nagy out there on the very last lap after everything's all said and done, still trying to be the last ones to go over the finish line. And you can see Taylor's bike smoking and Nagy's bike smoking because they're having to use the clutch so much to be as slow as possible. But Preston Taylor ended up getting uh, $1,100 for that. Oh, so Dude, there was there were all sorts of bets. There was like uh, AC gave three hundred dollars for the person that finished ninth. Uh, Christian Craig gave five hundred dollars to. Uh, I can't remember what his was, but yeah, I mean there was a a good amount of props. There was like a um a Barry Karsten hard charge award, and uh, see, like you know, I respect stuff like that because it's like all those dudes. It's like you know, Christian Craig. Adam, granted, I know like they worked hard to make the, the money they have in the sport, and, and these guys work hard to get there. But it's like they they still respect these dudes. You know what I mean? Like they're yeah. out there trying. Yeah. Like they all respect me. Like guys like Barry Carson, old school. You know, he's been he's raced the circuit. Like, dude, I like legit respect that. Yeah, and, and that's good. They want to help be involved. You know what I mean? Yeah, and AC and Christian Craig both had to find. Uh, their person that they gave the money to that they did not know on track walk on Saturday. So that was pretty cool. <laughs> AC pulled out $300 and gave it to whoever it was, and Christian Craig gave his $500 away um, to the person on track walk. So I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, dude, I like that. That's sick. So uh, enough of Denver. Is there anything else uh, from Denver that you could think of that you would want to talk about other than uh, the the one cool thing was AC? Oh, actually, I got two. AC's uh, podium, I don't care what anybody says, that was cool. Like, to see him come back on top, who cares? Who cares? I don't, I don't care who is in the class or not in the class. For him to get a podium in two years, like, and all of the struggles that he's gone through, that was that was cool to see. Dude, you know, I I'm not gonna like I wasn't always a super big fan of AC, you know. Just and it, I don't think it was it wasn't so much. He's an awesome dude. Like I met him years ago when he was on. He's super nice. Oh yeah. I just I, I always felt like you know a lot of guy like uh, I mean they put so much around him and. That you know they, they they put him as the next one, and at, at points I felt like it was a bit overkill. Yeah. So, but it was like he's always been super nice, like yeah, fantastic dude. I feel like and, I feel like we almost feel the same towards the Lawrence brothers. Yeah. Like, not saying that they had everything handed to them, 
like they obviously worked for it, but when they came over to America and just the Lawrence brother hype and yes, they started winning, they started becoming good, and then we were like, Oh, here we go. You know what I'm saying? And now, you know, obviously you see it every single time it's on TV, they're going back to the Lawrence brothers, right? So it's kind of the same thing, and Jet and Hunter are really nice guys, you know, from from my opinion of meeting them and having small little conversations with them, Jet allowed me to have an interview with them at 1 o'clock in the morning, you know? So, um, yeah, I feel like we have the same towards them, but back to AC, Heavy D. Yeah, yeah all I was saying was, um, I'm, like, I was pumped for him, like, like I said again, I know Steve said what he said. He was, like, crying over third place again, just voicing his opinion, but... I was pumped for him, dude, because, like, he, every since he came in, like, dude, he, it was, it's been injury after injury after injury, and, you know, like, Light's career, he got an outdoor title, never got the Supercross title, and, you know, went to 450s, always had some good races, but injuries plagued him, and so, you know, like like I say, like we was talking about, we would just it be just to see him make it through a full Supercross season would be a win. Yep. But he actually got on, you know, he got on the box, and that's big, man. Like he just he I, just want. I mean, his goal was literally just to finish the Supercross season, and then just to put that icing on the cake uh, to get the podium. Um, I know that when Justin Hill passed him this past weekend in Utah, I know he was not thrilled on that but regardless of the fact he missed two races and he finished the supercross season he made it he made it all the way to the end and you know he's still in for outdoors as of this moment so that's a win-win and he's got a new podcast i feel like he is very um good i saw a tweet earlier i can't remember who put it out but they were like who would you want to have on a podcast with Joe Rogan to speak about our sport and things like that. And I think damn near 99% of people said AC. Um, just to, because he's got that emotional part in it, but he's also got that grit and never say die type of attitude. He listens to that, you know, metal, you know, uh, hard rock stuff. Like he's got the, he's got the vibe and, and all of that for it. And he would speak highly, obviously of the sport and he knows it. He's a student of the sport. He loves the sport and he knows a lot about, uh, old races and, um, old champions. And, you know, he's got his, uh, his stats, right. So, um, he's a good dude. I'm just glad that he got the podium. I, I was running down to, to go to the press conference, uh, or actually no, Derek had a red eye. So I was having to go and meet Derek so that we I could run him to the airport. Um, but still, I thought that was uh, I I still thought that that was cool. Oh no, it is, dude. You know, I think it is good because I think for him, somebody who's won, who grew up winning so much, and like when you're on top, I, I guess you, you could say when you're on top like that. And you go to the next level, and he came in like, hell, his first race of Supercross he won. Yeah. Yep. He won his first race of Supercross. What am I thinking? Yeah. But you, you do that, and then all of a sudden it's like over and over and over, you're getting knocked down. It's like he never can get back up. And I think for him, this was just, he finally was able to get back up. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that, that, that was a big, big step for him, you know. So 
I, I'm pumped for him. Uh, and I can't wait to see him outdoors too. So I think he's, I think he'll do good in outdoors. And honestly, I think Supercross next year he's gonna come out swinging. I, I don't think it's expected, but I feel like he's gonna come out swinging in 2024. I feel like he could be an underdog in outdoors. I, not many people are gonna think about him. Remember that uh, year of 2020? He finished right behind Osborne, went all the way through the season. Um, yeah, rode really well. So, I mean, he could be a little bit of a dark horse that could, uh, you know, steal a moto win or two uh, away from these guys if it uh, if it goes into his uh, his favor. You know, a little tip over by Sexton or you know uh, Jet. You know, they're both buried in the back of the pack. Uh, but hey, you know, you never you never know. And then we got Ferrandis that's going to come into play too. So. Um, the outdoors may not be as boring as we as we think, but heavy D, we're definitely gonna have a uh, we're gonna have a pre race motocross, uh, I guess a prediction pod, kind of like what we did in uh, for Supercross. We're gonna do one uh-huh. one kind of like that, kind of give our thoughts about outdoors and go over some stats and things like that. So uh, you guys be on the lookout for that coming in the next week or so for sure. Um, this is the imperativemx.com post-race evaluation podcast speaking about Denver and Salt Lake City Supercross from 2023. And we just wrapped up speaking about Denver. And uh, let's move into Utah a little bit. Uh, heavy D, the only other thing, <laughs> going back to Denver, uh, RJ is is awesome. I love RJ. RJ is... Oh, R- R- yeah, dude. RJ is just... Dude, wide open. Like, when he made that mistake on that double, and I I was like, it depends. If he can if he can get his lap times down to where he still was and this didn't bother him or you know, bother him, he's gonna catch right back up the kitchen and he's gonna get it done. And sure enough he did. And passed him and checked out. Nice uh, dude. When he passed Kitchen going through the whoops, when he landed off that double, he double shifted and never let off Heavy D. Like, I'm watching it from the press box. I Dude, my mouth was probably wide open, like waiting for a fly to come in. Just unbelievable speed and just got the, got the job done. RJ is from the trenches, son. Dude. And he ain't got nothing to lose. That's how he looks at it. He's had nothing to lose. <laughs> he has grinded. He has truly grinded his way to where he is. I could that you, you I mean that's something you can't take away from him right there. I've I've seen him before, you know, he got uh got when you remember he, did you did you remember when he wrote for alias at one time? Yeah. Like before he was like the alias and he went to Geico. Yeah. Before that his bikes like he he I mean, not knocking his program, but he like he'll probably he wrote some clapped out stuff. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, because, I mean, you think about it, he really wasn't, I mean, he was a big name coming up, but he wasn't, like, that guy, you know? And, man, I mean, he's got another two years with Husky now, um, so expect to see him uh, longer on the on the 250 until 2025, and, yeah, hopefully he can grab a title and, um, you know, kind of go from there, but... Yeah, just his performance and Roxon also just to come all the way up through the pack the way he did. Uh, everybody just side eyes that because nobody was in the class. But dude, he was down. 
So he was down in the first corner. Then in the next corner, when he got up, there was like five privateers that were just absolutely uh, got blown up in that corner, and he ran right into it. So he just ran right into the grenade that just got all of those privateers. And uh, so he was held up even longer, and he had to balance himself to keep him up in the berm because he thought he could make it through two riders. Well, one of them went to go pick his bike up right as soon as Roxton was getting ready to go, so he had to stop. And so he's got that one leg that's like real long down on the berm and all of that has to back up and all of that. So him coming through the pack to damn near, what, four or five seconds of Sexton by the end? Like, dude, that's a hell of a ride for, for Roxton. So... No oh, asterisk yeah, on that ride. Yeah, yeah. Roxon, he, uh, I, I think it's good, you know, he's, especially showing, you know, you can win on a Suzuki, which, I mean, you said it, I think we both said it, like, you can, that bike's definitely still capable of winning, hands down. Yep. Um, I feel like it's good, and, uh, hey, even for a Suzuki, because I think now that, like, he's out there riding it, and you, I'm actually starting to see, you know, a bit more Suzuki's, and I think it's going to give them uh, the that opportunity and chance to, you know, make more updates and changes to the bike to actually get even more people involved and in wanting to ride it. So, yeah, I think all around is good for Rocks and Suzuki. Absolutely. So now we will move into uh, Utah. Um, I just have written down Sexton the Sexton title, like he said on. Uh, on the Pulp Show uh, yesterday, Monday, that he just wanted to go out and dominate, and that's what he did. He just wanted to get the whole shot and dominate, uh, improve, improve a point that you know that he is uh, the fastest guy and he deserves to win the title. So, um, yeah, uh, I mean, you got anything on on the Sexton title, Heavy D? No, you know, I, yeah, I mean, honestly. I mean, it. I don't really think it was ever a doubt he could win it. It's just the way it did. For me, he was there. I'm not taking that away. He was there. Like he stayed within the points range, you know. So people went down. He earned it. You know. I just feel like, for me personally, saying that, I think it gets later in the season, and he had it. Like I said, I don't know what he's thinking, but how I look at it, I think he had it on his mind like, all right, it's between Cooper and and, and, and Tomac. So, like, it was no more pressure. Yeah, it was just go and win. Yeah, it was go and win. So, I mean, I can't say, like, I can't – I ain't going to try and take that statement away from him, but I I just feel like, you know, if – for me personally, if that's the case, like – I mean, it was, what, seven, six, seven races he kind of threw away from crashes? Yeah, it was 35 points altogether just from front-end tucks. Yeah, I'm just – for me, it's crazy. It's like I know they said he worked on the bike, he worked on the bike, he worked on the bike. I get that. But I just – for so many years, man, it's been – like you always hear at the end of the season, we you know, we finally found our group. We finally got the bike right. I, why is it always at the end of the season? And then, like, Tomac goes down, you know, and it's like, all right, 
I wanted to prove that I could still go out there and win. I, I just feel like that wasn't the case. You could go win because you didn't have the pressure of the title on you anymore. It was like it was his regardless. Yeah. Yeah, and I can see I can see your side too and um it it very well could be. He never mentioned that. Um he just said that his goal always was just to just to win. Every single race was just to go and win and dominate. And because he can, right? He's shown it on so yeah. many occasions that he can, right? It was could. just Yeah, just could he do and, it? And and here's the thing, it's it's not and for me I think everybody knows he can go and win. It's just the mental aspect and the pressure of it. Yep. Like, that's that's a lot of pressure. Like, to go out there for the expectations to win and actually go do it. Because you have the speed and everybody knows you can. Yep. Yep. Like, I mean, that's that's a lot of pressure. And I'm, like I say, I'm pumped for Chase. I'm 100% pumped for him. I'm, like, he, like I say, he earned it fair and square. I just feel like, you know, it just it all played in it, it just fell in you know it fell it played in his favor yeah. you know what I mean like yeah. it, he felt like he didn't have a pressure anymore so I'm gonna go I can go win like shoot I'm gone I'm gone like it's between Webb and Tomac they can battle it out I ain't got to worry about that I can go win yeah. but it's a different story when you start off at the beginning of the season and you got those dudes there and you having to do it from beginning to jump rather than being there and just basically go off the gate he, he didn't even have to race yeah no he didn't he didn't and i mean give it up to honda for them saying like even in the pre press conference that they had on friday before media day or before the press day you know lars pretty much said i wouldn't be surprised if tomac shows up tomorrow with a bionicle leg and races you know like <laughs> Straight up, so they they didn't celebrate. They never had a celebration uh, of any sort until Chase crossed that checkered flag. Or I think they said when they knew that or that um, Tomac was not going to be on the gate for the heat race, because from there, obviously, Tomac can't come in. So, um, but still, I mean, to play devil's advocate you gotta you gotta stay in the title right it's part of it no, right you, like you, you gotta you gotta stay there and i mean he he did sure he lost those 35 points by front end tucks but hey he stayed in it webb couldn't stay in it and neither could tomac so it's like yeah i mean it fell in his favor but for him i'm sure he's stoked because he's he's probably like man i made it through when i'm the i'm the literally the last standing factory rider after that race because uh Roxton was out. So um yeah, he was yeah. the last standing factory rider and he dealt with all the adversity that of these tracks cuz I tell you heavy D these tracks it was not the whoops this year that was the problem. I think it was the tracks, like just the way the tracks shaped up if you think about it. Going back with me and Starlane had a funny you know, talk and, uh, you know, we bullshit each, with each other with this, but it's so true. Think about the last six rounds. So you got uh, Utah, Denver, Nashville, New Jersey, and Atlanta. So the past five weekends, rain has affected the race. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. And then you go back to Tampa. And so that adds seven or that adds six races out of seventeen that had to deal 
with rain. I can't remember if there were any others, but I'm pretty sure that those were the only ones. And Heavy D, the funny thing that was with me and Starlin was he would um, flip me off every single time I would come around the uh, pits because of because every time I showed up, it rained. Tampa, it rained. Then it got a break. It did not rain until I showed back up into um, um, Atlanta. Then it rained. Then I went to New Jersey. Then we got a full-on mutter. <laughs> then I went to uh, Nashville, and it sprinkled slash rained going up through the week, and it sprinkled there in the pits there for a little bit. It was a dry drizzle, but it still rained, and it still affected the track a little bit. Then we went to Denver. It rained again there in Denver. <laughs> During the during the pit walk and uh, just a little bit like and then now in Utah I could say that the curse was not me, but this has got to be the most rain we've had to affect tracks. Probably at least probably since I've been watching the you know the, these races I feel like the rain has affected these tracks more. Yeah, <laughs> we we're gonna get you. We're gonna call you the rain man. Uh, they're already they're already starting to call. They, they already made a joke saying that I should just be the the uh, Monster Energy AMA Supercross pit reporter weather guy. I'm like I do not I do not want riders hating me because I'm there and it just st magically starts raining. Like, dude, that is not on me. <laughs> like, <laughs> like that is this is not me, man. Oh no, they're like that's on you, dude. That's oh, absolutely, on you. yeah. I mean, Starlin probably flipped me off probably 15 times. And I knew, and I knew in Nashville not to go to his pits because I knew it was gonna rain at some point. And so I was like, "Yep." During that second uh, practice, I am not going anywhere near his pits. And sure enough, me and Nicole are walking out there after the second practice session is, uh, or second last qualifying session is done. And uh, sure enough, it starts sprinkling. I'm like, "Oh my god, I gotta go! I gotta go! I gotta go inside. Nobody can see me. I'm not here." So. Oh man. It was pretty. It was pretty funny. Um, another thing that I got written down here: uh, Josh Hill and Justin Hill, the Hill brothers. Um, unbelievable. Josh didn't even make a main for the first two or three rounds or so. And yeah, man, to to I mean, for this has been a couple weeks now that he's been cracking the top ten, even with the guys that were, you know, out still in at that point and he was getting closer and closer he cracked the top 10 and then obviously the field depleted but man a six and then justin hill got a podium unbelievable nah, dude, it's like justin's fast he was like the year he won his title even he won the 250 light championship and then the next year he went to JGR on Suzuki's. Yeah, Tam uh, Tampa 2018. He was unfucking real. He should have won that race. But it was just like, man, it was like after he won his championship, it was like he always had the speed, but it's just like I don't know, dude. It's just like it wasn't there. It was just like it was almost like a deplete, like something was going on, and like he's just like he caught the end of the season groove, I guess. Yeah. So, you know, I, I don't know. I want to see him. I, I think he's got. He to me, he's the man. Like J Justin is a bad dude. Like he can he can rip. I just feel like 
I don't know. Hopefully, he can get some more, like, get some more. I want to see him. I feel like he can actually, he's good enough to be up there and be a podium guy. With even all the guys that, you know, I, I think he can still even do it on a tether bike. They said halfway through that KTM did help their team out with their bike to help the aerodynamics, I think. Don't quote me on that, but Kate, but I do know that KTM did help them uh, develop the motorcycle a little bit better for more comfort, and that's when Josh right. started to get better. So, um, remember Mini Warriors Four? Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. You remember remember that scene where Josh was jumping over the bus? Yep. Yep. Definitely Dude, remember that. Anytime I think of just the Hill Brothers in their younger days, that's what I think of is right there, that movie clip right there where they're jumping over the bus and uh, they're hanging in the – or they're chilling out in the van, I think. And, um, yeah, dude, that was that was such a good I, – I wish they would bring the Mini Warriors back. That was some of the best films back in the day, man. Dude, it just showed, like – because I watched some of those films, like – um. You know, it was before I actually got into racing, but when my dad and them, like, because my dad, my parents were, like, big into drag racing, yep. like, in my yep. younger days. Mm-hmm. So, when we go to, like, uh, the Kawasaki shop and, like, Walmart stuff, you know, they used to have, like, the, the shop used to have, like, Mini Warriors, um, the Krusty Demon. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, God, what's, it's several more. Yep. But they used to have all that, and... Dude, like, I used to get them and watch them. And seeing, like, guys rip minis was, that's, it was unreal. And I would get the Moto X Kids magazine. I always got the Moto X Kids magazine. Yeah. Um, I always got the Moto Playground magazine. I always wanted the Moto Playground one so I could see if either A, I made it, or B, if any of my friends made it. Yeah. <laughs> I got those too. I, I, I got the Moto Playground, but. I always got like the Moto X, uh, the Moto X kid ones. See, I need, I need, and, uh, I need to see one of those. Next time we see each other, bring one of those with you, because I don't, I don't, I can't remember. Or send me a picture of it if you got, if you got one on hand. Send me a picture of it so I know what it looks like. I think I do. I got to dig deep off in my closet. Hey, my that's parents, hey, so. that's fine, bro. That's fine. I'm pretty sure I have one though. If not, I got, I kept some binders from when I was in school. Before I started racing, I would cut the pages and stuff out of them and slide them in my binder. Nice. Hey, I used to do that too. Stickers, everything, bro. Yep, dude, that was the thing. Like that, I had like a a Ricky Carmichael one, a James Stewart one. Um, God, what was the one dude from Krusty Demons? I I religiously kept him in there. Uh, um, God Almighty, what is his name? I don't remember. Like, I don't remember watching. I. I remember watching Mini Warriors, and then, um, dang, I'm completely brain farting. Because, uh, did, did you ever have the Krusty Demons video game? I don't think so, Heavy D. Dude, oh, man, let me see. I got a phone. Oh, what is his name? Is it, um... Start with a C. Let me see. Like it Colin. Was, uh, like Colin. I think it may have been. I'm looking at it now because there was so many that hat that was in uh in dude, the crusty demons. Dude, I just remember Mike Metzger, that 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 fucking eyeball on his on his helmet, bro. I'll just never forget. Left that. Left angle. I had a left angle. That was who it was. 
Oh, in- oh yeah, dude, dude, that dude was fucking gnarly. Yes, Les Engle was insane, dude. Unreal. I, I, dude, that brought back some memories there. Um, man, that's unreal. Um, but man, going uh, awesome to see Team Tedder and Justin Hill, uh, and Josh Hill, uh, doing work. Very cool to see. Um, Wilson. Uh, D- Dean Wilson got his top five. That's what he wanted. That was his goal at the start of the year. And hey, he got it. Didn't matter how it happened, but he got it. So, um, that was cool for Dino. Got to see him on the Pulp Show, uh, the live show in Denver. So, it was very cool for him to uh, to get it done. Um, I have the Lawrence brothers written down. Heavy D Jet went out in dominating fashion, kind of stuffing RJ a little bit. But I think. I think Jet just really wanted to go out with a with a bang in his last 250 uh, Supercross appearance. Oh yeah, he did, man. He just he want he wanted to show he is him. I'm him. He wanted to show to everybody, and man, I can't wait for outdoors. I think the 250 uh, outdoor title is going to be pretty much up for grabs. I don't think anybody is really the clear fra- favorite. I think everybody's thinking that it's going to be Hunter. But, um, man, you got Jay Coop. You got a two-time uh, MX2 world champion at Tom Vial. Um, you got the Star Yamaha boys. So, I think I think we're kind of in for a battle uh, for this outdoor season, Dude. and I can't wait to see how it plays out. I tell you who I'm excited to see. It may sound crazy, but Mark Banks. Oh, yeah, absolutely. D- dude, uh, we're going to get him on the pod for next week next week so going Dude, into the at, outdoor season he has been ripping yeah that that you that uh reel that he put up on his uh instagram like it sounds i don't think i've ever seen him look that good no nah, he's ready to go he told us man he's like dude i'm i'm coming out bro like nobody's gonna know it but i'm gonna be ready and sure enough by his instagram it it it's showing that he is ready because after that big mountain there into that left-hander going down the hill and the breaking bumps, I don't think he let off. Like, legitimately, oh, dude, he, was, he did not let off. He was in that, John. I was like, oh, yeah, he uh, he's ready to rip. Absolutely. And, I mean, think about it. Last year, he got 10th or 11th overall, 10th or 11th overall with top 10s all the way through the Pro Motocross Championship. Um on a privateer bike first year in the 450 Supercross class, or I'm sorry, the motocross class, uh, doing all of them. And, uh, yeah, did phenomenal, in my opinion, as a rookie in the in the 450 Motocross Championship. So, uh, yeah, look out for Marsh Banks for next week. And, uh, yeah, so anything else on the 250 class uh, other than the Lawrence brothers? I feel like we haven't really talked about them, uh, talked about the class very much other than RJ and the Kitchen deal. Kitchen has turned his Supercross season or his Supercross career uh, the other way around. So I feel like he's starting to get a little bit of momentum uh, going for him. Jordan's obviously quick. Uh, and Deegan starting to find, you know, starting to find his groove as well. So, uh, anything else as far as the 250 class for the Supercross season? Uh, no, I mean, I mean, Lawrence, I, I honestly I feel like we didn't talk about them that much just because, I mean, they was both dominant, dude. Like, yeah. It, it was like, 
it, it ain't like they was, you know, they had somebody to, you know, fight with week in and week out, you know. I mean, don't get me wrong. They, of course, it was every everybody was there. But, I mean, they was dominant. Deegan, oh, improved a ton. Like, Rookie like, of the year. Like I, like, I'm just saying, like, me personally, I feel like I called it because I was like, hey, put them out there and let them get even better. Like, I don't think if they'd have kept him back any longer, he would be as good now as he is. Like, he got tremendously better in the short amount of time that he's been in the pro ranks. Absolutely, and I was I was way wrong. I was way wrong. So, uh, but hey, I'm not scared to admit it. I wanted to keep him back. I felt like you know it was going to be too short. Supercross is dangerous. It's very hard. You get a kid that's full of testosterone at 17 years old. You know, like man, he's going to go for it. And he was able to keep himself composed. No big crashes. Two heat race wins. Um, I got a podium. He finished second or third in the championship. So, yeah, I mean, congratulations to uh, to Deegan. Or maybe he didn't finish on the podium as far as the title goes. But I can't remember. But anyways, um, yeah, good good on them. Anything else for the 250 class heavy D? Oh, no, I think that's about it, honestly. All right, and then the last thing I have uh, here is AP, uh, way to come back and, and grab a second. And uh, having AP, Chase, and Justin Hill on the podium for the last race of the year, I mean, that's that's just as good as having uh, Tomac, or I'm sorry, uh, Chase, Barsha, and Roxon up there. Hold on, say it again. I broke up, my bad. No, you're good. Uh, just as far as uh, podium guys being up there, just as a funny press conference uh, after the race, I mean, you have AP, Justin Hill, and Chase Sexton up there. I mean, that that had to be hilarious. Oh, yeah, man. I, like, AP, he's always a funny dude. Like, I, I, I'm going to say he's the Dale Earnhardt of motocross. Like, Absolutely. I, I mean, I'm just – I'm going to live by that one. He is the Dale Earnhardt of motocross. So, And, you know, Justin, funny dude, you know. I think it was good for him because it was like – He's like he, he got on the podium and he hadn't been on God, he hadn't been on the podium in how many years? Since twenty eighteen, twenty nineteen? It's been a it's been a long time. Long time. So I, I that mean might have been his first one. That might have been oh, his well, first I know it was podium. Four fifty for sure. Yeah, I think that was his first uh four fifty podium. So but just standing on on the box, I mean you'd have to go all the way back to when he was winning his supercross championship in what, seventeen? Yeah, 2017. Yeah, so, um, yeah, wild. Or was it 2016? I think it was 17 because I'm pretty sure he went to JGR in 18. Yeah, but wasn't and, wasn't 17 the year with Savachi and them at Vegas? Savachi and Osborne in Vegas, or was that 16? No, that was 16. Okay, that because, was 16. Because when he went to JGR, he had the number one plate seal. He ran the number one plate. Oh, yeah, you're right. Yeah, when he went to the 250 class. So maybe it was 2019 Tampa that I'm speaking about when he went to the 450 class. Remember he went to the 450 class and it was that – I think it was his first race on a 450 and um, he was on the Zook, JGR, and he was so fast. Like he won the heat race and he put up the fastest qualifying time, I think. I don't know if you oh, re- yeah. I don't know if you remember that, but he was quad and stuff. 
Like, I remember that one quad right there before the finish line, if my memory speaks correctly. But, dude, unreal um, what what he could do. And as far as talent goes, it's uh, it's pretty cool. So, um, Heavy D, before we end this ImperativeMX.com post-race evaluation pod from Denver and Salt Lake City, Utah, for the last two rounds of the Monster Energy AMA Supercross Championship, Give me one rider per class, doesn't matter the coast, on the 250 class that was the biggest uh, surprise in a good way um, for you. Uh, I'd say, so 250, of course Max Anstey on the East Coast. No, what was it, East Coast? All right, you can, you can, uh, you can put both of them together. Just give me one per 250 and one per 450. Max Anstey and – Max Anstey, yeah, for sure. And then 450, let's see. Hmm. Honestly, here's – it's going to sound crazy. I'm not saying it because of his hometown, but Simonson for sure and 450. Like jumping up mid-season, a little past mid-season. Yeah, and then he, he gets a fucking – Ninth, heavy ninth. Yeah. he pulls a ninth. a ninth out of the bag. Unbelievable, bro! Like, dude, I'm so pumped for the guy, and that's a good pull right there, heavy D. That's a really good pull there. Um, I- I'm gonna say that honestly. And another one, not because he's hometown, but Luke Neath. He made a lot of main events. Yeah, so that's who my 250 um guy is is Luke because he's all oh, privateer. He was able to make the shootout in both um both races uh actually Luke I think he did he missed he missed the main in Utah I think I think his bike had problems again or I could be completely wrong hold on yeah he had I think he had a problem in the heat race but regardless of the fact um yeah and I'm hearing rumors that he's in for WSX with club by the way. Oh, DJ Okulukis? Yeah. Oh, hell yeah. So my man's travel so my man's traveling uh quite a bit. So uh look out for that. But yeah, I got Luke in the two fifty class. Um I'm trying to think of any other ones that kind of blew my mind this year. And I mean from Jet to RJ to Levi to Schmoda to Smith to uh Hunter to Max. Hayden Deegan, Mitchell Oldenburg, Carson Mumford, Enzo Lopes. I, I could put Enzo. I could put Enzo as a 250 also. So Luke as a privateer, really. And then uh, if you – well, I mean, really, if you think about it, club is still a privateer bike, but I put him kind of on the factory. Well, no. no. Uh, anyways, Enzo or Luke uh, for that. And then the 450 class uh, – I'm probably gonna go Josh Hill. Um, no, nah, you you make a valid you make a valid point with him. You I, do. I, I, I like no joke. I think I think I'm gonna have to go Josh Hill. I mean, he finished 13th in the Supercross Championship. Uh, average qualifying of a 14.5. Uh, average start of a 13.2. Average finish of a 12.4. And if you look at his career, I mean, this is probably the best he's ever done in Supercross in a very in a in quite a long time. And you know, he's had breaks. I heard that one time that he was going to give it up. Um, 
So for him to come back and to do as, as good as he's been doing and, you know, cracking the top 10 and even getting a six this past weekend, I mean, yeah, I got I got Josh Hill as my um, 450 well, rider. He, when I spoke, what was that one race? He got like a seventh or eighth. It was like his first top. It was at uh, Denver last weekend. Well, it was before that. It was several weeks back. He's he's got plenty of them now, but it was like his very first real good finish of the season. Hold on, I'll be able to tell you, but yeah, go ahead. But anywho, I know I spoke to him um, when he was working on Farm Forty over there, and he was like, "Ah, oh, well, you know, I kind of lucked into it. I think he got like an eight, eight or nine. I was like, dude, you don't luck into an eight. I mean, you don't. If you, I, 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 here's how I see, how I see it. Like, I understand, like you got." people there yeah but detroit yeah detroit Detroit. so he finished 10th there okay well 10th yep he was like well yeah i lucked into it i was like dude you got a 10th like i mean looking into a main event is one thing but looking into a 10th like that's a lot of positions to look into yeah for sure so he had a solid year dude i'm 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 hopeful i mean even if i'm i'm looking at it right like anaheim um anaheim won he made, uh, but he got 18th. And then he didn't make a main event until Tampa. Damn. And then in Tampa, he got 14th. This is when this is when they said that they found a comfortability on the motorcycle. Is right here in Tampa. Um, right. Not, not here, but, you know, there in Tampa. Uh, 14, 13, 13, 15, 11, 10, 12, 15, 11, 18, 10, Seven six. So he was still he was good. He was good all the way through the year. He he was yeah, good all the way was, through the year. If like not consistent, getting better. Absolutely. I mean, in, in Indianapolis, when you had all the heavy hitters in there in Indy on a rough track, he got eleventh. Mm-hmm. That was the that was the race that Kenny won, right? And then you go to Detroit. The weekend after that, he gets a 10th, and he finishes right behind Anderson. He beats AP. Seattle, I know that he had, or uh, or no, Detroit, he beat uh, Shane. He beat AP. Um, yeah, I mean, he, I mean, he was two spots behind Adam Cincerello at the halfway point throughout the season. So, um, and Dang. yeah, so, uh, and, uh, you know, he put, put in another, um, 11th in Atlanta two weekends after. And then, uh, East Rutherford was the, was the, um, mud race. He got 18th there, but the next weekend in Nashville, that, that gnarly track, he got 10th, then Denver and then Salt Lake. So yeah, um, what a hell of a year for the for both Hill Hill brothers. Absolutely, dude. It's it's sick. I'm glad. You know, I, I love seeing people. You know, get better and do good, especially the underdogs. So, uh, you know, I'm super stoked for them. Absolutely. Well, uh, Heavy D, anything else uh, for the Supercross season and really just Denver and Salt Lake City uh, in general? Any questions for anything? Uh, that I saw or anything that I witnessed that you've always wondered or anything like that from behind the scenes? 
uh, anything like that, or are you good? No, I think we're good, bro. Nice. Nice. All right, guys. Well, that was it for this second ImperativeMX.com post-race evaluation, and this one is speaking about Denver, Salt Lake City, round 16 and 17, and really just the whole 2023 Monster Energy AMA Supercross championship season what an unbelievable story we're all bummed right now for tomac but uh congratulations to chase sexton and honda first time in 20 years since ricky carmichael to put a number one plate up on the wall awesome to see congratulations to both lawrence brothers on their championship and yeah let's go straight to the great outdoors in uh, two weeks, Heavy D, or really just next weekend, pretty much. So really only one weekend away. And, man, I can't wait to get into it. And before we sign off on this ImperativeMX.com post-race evaluation podcast, remember if this is something for your company or you specifically would like, would be interested in um, sponsoring these post-race evaluation podcasts, please reach out to us, ImperativeMX.com or imperativemx at gmail.com, I should say. And, uh, yeah, big shout-out to – do big shout-out to all of the sponsors on board, West Virginia Motorsports, Dirt Industries, Custom Graphics, FXR, Hydro Power, Total Control Racing Suspensions, PR Motorsports, Mika Metals, and Silver Valley MX Park. From myself, Zach Newberry, host and co-host, Heavy D. <laughs> We're out. Peace. Later.